Praise God. This morning we will close this series, Parenting and Discipling. And uh, this series is not a perfect formula that will lead perfect children. What I've been trying to share with you in these past two weeks has been uh, geared towards giving you some principles that are based on the Word of God so we may uh, affect positively our children in the ways of the Lord. And again, I'm saying this parenting is just not referring to biological parents, but also contemplate our parenting. Though we may be adopted parents or spiritual parents, there are principles that we can apply in different uh, stage and season of life. So if you can open the Bible with me in Deuteronomy, you will see this in the screen. Today we will speak about the positive impact the parents can have in bringing their children to the Lord. The title of this morning is Godly Parenting Enables Discipling. So we'll read from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 to 9. And then we go back to another passage of the scripture that we read last Sunday in Ephesians. But let's begin with Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 to 9. And may God continue to bless his word to our hearts. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lay down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now let's go in the letter to Paul to the Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live along in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord for His precious word. You see, let me start to say that godly parents do parenting with a purpose. I've been speaking even last Sunday on the importance of being intentional in making our parenthood a stage of God's blessing on our children. And as a parent, an important part of our calling and responsibility is to purposely point out our children to know Jesus Christ, to know God, to know the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Knowing the impact your action can have in their lives will determine also the level of commitment that you can have during the seasons of their lives and then seeing the Word of God taking place in their hearts. I believe that one of the most lies that the enemy is bringing in our hearts is to believe that whatever we do when we teach the Word of God will not affect our children. 
That's the greatest lie. Because if we don't believe in the power that there is in the gospel in itself, we will never be committed to teach them. So may God give us hope to raise as a parent a new generation of children that follow God and they love with God and they will stand for the word of God and the teachings that is contained. Again, that you are a biological dad, an adopted dad or mom, or you are a spiritual parent for somebody that you brought to the Lord, I pray that you will carry out the task that God has given to all of us as believers. So effective communication also is important, is essential for a healthy relationship with our children. The text that we read in the Theronomy speaks about communication, and good communication requires a speaker and a listener. You cannot communicate to yourself only. You have to have a listener. And most of the time, we have more the tendency to speak than to listen. Is correct? But also our children need to be listened to. And I pray that as we bring forth the message of the word of God, we also have the disposition to listen to what they have to say to us. And effective communication leads to enriched relationships where whatever is said has a purpose and meaning. So I pray that God will help us to be able to communicate effectively with our children. And then children need to be taught in their spiritual battlefield. God's plan for, for us is to bless us, to give us plans of prosperity and love and care. But let's not forget that we have an enemy. We have an enemy that will never rest. This enemy is called in the Bible Satan. Is the one that will try to steal the blessing of God in your life. It will fight to conquer your heart, to distract your life from God, so ye can have a hold on you and stop you to receive the blessing of God in your life. The Bible calls Satan a stealer, a deceiver, one that tried to destroy you, one that will try to give you something that you need, but that something is deadly. I always say that the strategy of the enemy is always the same. He points out in our lives to something that is real, a need that is real. But he gives us a wrong solution. He gives us a wrong solution that will bring us to destruction. While God, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, will point the need, but also will make the way for us to enjoy the fellowship with himself. And there is something that we need to understand. The children need to understand. The parents need to understand. That whatever we sow, we also will reap. If you sow faithfulness to God and fellowship with Him, you will reap blessing from God. If you will sow separation from God. If you will sow things that are not in accord to the Word of God, you will also will reap those things. And Galatians very clearly say that. In chapter 6, verse 8 says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap 
eternal life. So this is a very important passage of the scripture. The children need to know that they are in a battlefield. And there is an enemy that will never stop to attack. And I say this to also who are mature in the faith. After years of battling in their walk with God. Don't think your battle is over. The battle is still on. The enemy will try to destroy you until the end. With fear. With placing your mind in doubts about the love of God in your life. But you know stand firm for the promise that we have in Jesus. In the word of God that says I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So let's see some uh, points that will help us to enable discipleship in our children. Parenting demands health relationships as I said before. A relationship starts with the Lord first. You cannot have a relationship that is effective with your children, with your wife, with your family, if you don't have a first relationship with God. You see, we cannot give what we don't have. How can you give godliness if you don't have godliness already established with, with the giver a blessing? That is God himself. We have to rely on God's grace. And as we understand that it's by grace that we are saved... As we understand that God loved us when we were not lovable, we also extend the grace to the people that are close to us. I love what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were not lovable. And there are moments that our children are not lovable. There are moments where they will try to bring separation. Doing things that are not nice. And you feel frustrated as a parent. But remember that grace was extended to you when you were not deserving that. You see Christ is committed to his people through good and bad times. A parent must extend his action, whatever time is good, but also when times are not good. This doesn't mean that we ignore to correct our children when they need to be corrected. But brings us the perspective that we cannot save our children. It's God that needs to do that work. We are just giving what we receive from the Lord. And sometimes we give things that are not perfect because we are not perfect. And we must trust God. It's the work of the Lord. It's not just our work. We are in partnership with God. But it's God that transforms and changes the art of our children. So establishing and maintaining a meaningful relationship then with our children should always have the priority to bring in our mind that is God, what they need the most. It is the parent's responsibility to keep pursuing the child and to protect and nurture this relationship between us and them, but above all, between them and God. Every other aspect of parenting will naturally flow through this, or will follow through. 
But first, let's keep our focus and establish a relationship between them and God. We know that we are standing on the solid ground of the promises of God. And as you can see, relationships are interconnected. They do not exist in a vacuum. They are not isolated. Remember, child will have other relationships beside you as a parent. Someone will speak in their lives. Something will happen that will allow them to reflect. They need to know that can trust you. And the relationship you have with your child will impact how he views or she views all his future relationship with other people. And um, it's very clear, a study shows that children that don't have a solid relationship with their parents will have some difficulty to establish other relationships in the next future. Could be marital relationships or friendly relationships or even work-related relationships. So understand you have a key role to play. And this brings me to something very important. Be a student of your child's heart. Be a student. I love what the Word of God says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 17. says that one of the tasks that John the Baptist had with his preaching was to turn the hearts of the father towards the children. It means that they were to know their child. They were to have a relationship with them. And many times we try to say things to our children without discovering their heart. Without discovering what are their passions. What are the desires of their heart. And by getting into their children's world, parents will be better in tune with the Lord first. Because every good gift comes from the Lord, right? Every good desire comes from the Lord. So if you know the desire that the Lord put in your heart, in the hearts of a child, then you will be better in tune with God. But also, knowing the principles of the Word of God will help you to correct your child's heart if it is not in tune with God's plans. That's why we must be students of the heart of our children. How parents interact with their children will affect the relationship with them and wherever we say to them or not say to them, the requirement is to listen, is to discern. And I believe that one of the most difficult moments of our life as a parent is lack of discernment. When we lack discernment towards our children. And I want to encourage you, cultivate the prayer of discernment. When you don't know how to deal with situations, ask the Lord to give you discernment. When you don't know how to read a situation, ask God to give you inputs so you can understand. And again, this can be applied in every kind of parented relationship. Again, spiritually, biological, as an adopted father or mother, as a, a single parent, you can understand the struggles of your son, of your daughter, because you inquire on their hearts. I love what John says, recording the words of Jesus, when he says in John chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, that the sheep, they know the voice of Jesus. And when they hear, they follow. Now, it means that the sheep are 
used to hear the voice. They are in fellowship with the shepherds. And let me tell you something. If you are not in symphony and you are not used to hear the voice, first of our Heavenly Father, and second, to listen also your child, you cannot expect that they will follow you when you will say something to them. You know, when the children are small, we are so busy trying to do our best. But sometimes parents have failed to spend enough time with them. And what happened? When they are adolescents, or they're already old, then maybe parents have more time to spend with them. But the children, <laughs> they don't. Why? Because they were not used before. How can you expect that an adolescent shares their heart or his heart with you when they've never had the chance before? So there is a process that goes from the beginning to the end. And we must cultivate that. So establish good communication with your child. Know the hearts. Because this is very important for making good disciples of Jesus Christ. And then parenting, and this is my second point, demands discipline and instruction. I love what Paul says to the Ephesians. That there is a responsibility of the father to raise up their children in the fear of the Lord. With discipline and instruction, teaching. Keeping a biblical view will help parents to discover the role. And having a clear vision in parenting means applying the wisdom of the Bible in their own lives. Effective discipleship of our children requires that we follow the word of God and provide our children with a Holy Spirit inspired leadership. Today, if you can go in a bookstore, you can find a lot, a lot of books on parenting. But let me tell you something. This book is the original. Don't search contraffect, second-hand instructions. Go to the Bible. Go to the book. Inspire leadership as a parent in the Bible. Because the Bible contains principles that will help you to be a good parent. Parents need to ask God for wisdom and discernment. So they are able to move from one parental season to another. They need to have wisdom that comes from the Lord. And I love what Proverbs says in chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 and 8 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear my son. Your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Let me speak a little bit to children now. It's so important that you are not despising the teaching and instruction that your parents are giving when are based on the word of God. The Bible calls you fool if you don't listen. Why? Because the beginning of knowledge comes from understanding Biblical principles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, of wisdom. So if you want to have a life that is blessed under God's guidance, receive distraction of your parents. Receive distraction of those who are able to teach you. 
And you know, when parents encounter a season of struggle or challenge with their child, having a clear vision of those principles, a wisdom, will help them to correct, to instruct, to direct their children in the ways of God. If I'm here today, it's because I had the privilege to have godly parents that were able to bless me with teachings, with instruction, even when I was far from God. Even when I was attending church as a good boy, but my heart was far from the Lord. They had the discernment to understand, to insist in a godly way, to give me correction. And I'm so grateful for all the men and women of God that the Lord put in my way. So they can instruct me with wisdom. They can correct me with grace and love. If I am who I am today, it's by the grace of God first. But also as a, the result of other people teaching in my life. And I'm very grateful that I can receive from godly people. So I can be nourished in my faith. The word of God says, iron sharps iron. As we live together our life with Christ, in our church family, in your family, in your environment, you bring a possibility, an opportunity for others to impact your life and you to be a blessing for others. So we should be a blessing for others. As a parent, we must teach intentional biblical principles. It's not an option. It's a command. What we read today in Deuteronomy, specifically in chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says, And these words that I command you today, there is an option that I command you today shall be on your heart. First, again, must begin with your own heart. You cannot give it to others what we don't have. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Let's understand this. If left to themselves, children like adults will pursue the flesh rather than godliness. Again, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15 we read a sober reminder to all of us. This passage says, The road and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. So what I'm trying to say, if we leave alone our children, and will not raise them and discipline them in the ways of the Lord, they will fall away from God. So we have that responsibility. Children, obey your parents. We read in Ephesians. But also fathers, again, do not provoke. Sometimes we are mastering the way to provoke our children. Sometimes children are not honoring the parents. The way that they talk, the way they answer back, the way that they also act. But this is part of the game. Don't give up. Continue to teach the word of God. And create an environment at home that will provide an atmosphere where the heart of God is showing in your life as a parent. When you create an atmosphere of godliness in your heart, 
the children will be affected by that. Think all the TV that you watched. Think of the music that you listen. Are you lifting up with the way that you speak? What do they hear your children when you are talking about other people? What do the children hear about the life in church? What do the children are listening and hearing from you will also affect whatever they will practice in their lives. So creating an atmosphere of godliness in your home will determine also the results and the spiritual life of your child. So I pray this morning that intentional discipleship will happen and must happen every single day. Somebody once told me that the parents need the wisdom of Solomon and the discernment of the prophet Nathan to talk with their children. Let me tell you another analogy. The heart of your child sometimes needs to be dealt with a tiller that will remove all the hard rocks. And other times must be dealt with such a gentleness to remove the bad weeds from the good roots. And you have to do with gentleness. There are moments where a children need to be shaken. There are other moments that need to be encouraged and comforted. And to do so, you need God's wisdom. And this, this believe me, can be applied not only to biological children of families, but also the spiritual family. The people in the Lord, newcomers that are coming to the church. Sometimes we expect them to do things that are not at their level to do. However, this discipleship can be done through very practical disciplines that need to be applied in our lives as a parent in our family. Like prayer. Parents who express and demonstrate prayer habits will affect their children in believing that prayer works. Another thing is reading, meditating, memorizing the Word of God. And I want to challenge you parents Challenge your child to memorize the word of God. Psalmist David says, I have hidden your word in my heart to sin not. I don't understand the way parents sometimes give up on this. Oh, my child is no good to memorize. But maybe they are able to memorize the 300 songs on the playlist on Spotify or whatever it is. What about the challenge that we have in learning and studying the word of God? And then what about having a good family time together? Laughing together. Enjoying things together. Uh, there is a blessing when you are gathering with your family and you laugh together about things that happen to you. And my children are so good at laughing. Especially me. <laughs> and I'm laughing with them because they bring something in me that brings joy. I love to laugh with them. Another thing that is able to enhance discipleship is serving together as a family. What about serving together in the ministry of the church? You disciple them in a practical way. What about serving together as a family in a project in your neighborhood? What about serving together in the ministry of the church like Samaritan Purse? You can involve your child. Let's go to fill those boxes together. You choose the gifts. 
You choose the material that you put in hand. And this, of course, is good for uh, grandchildren. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? If we involve them in serving together, they will learn that serving God is something positive. There is a value in helping others. There is something that they can benefit and receive in their lives as they become doers of the word of God. They learn that being a disciple is something active. It's not something passive. It's being able to practice what we learn from the word of God. And this will bring me to the third point. Discipleship happens over time. It's not something that will happen in one moment. In a season only. It will follow you. Because a child will always be your child. In different ways. Especially if you are in an Italian family. <laughs> I'm the fifth of five siblings. <laughs> For my mom, even before she died, she never called me Mario. But always the little Mario. So for her, I was always the baby of the family. What I'm trying to say, that discipleship has a long, long range. Don't think that the work is done in just the one season of your life. To summarize, I divide in this. There is a servant season that starts with the age of zero to two. It's where the child... Needs everything from the parents. You are just there serving them. Waking up in the middle of the night. Changing the diaper. Cleaning. Whatever. There is almost nothing in benefit to you. You are just serving. But this is very, very important. Because during this season, parents work to establish bonds. Build connection with their child that will never be lost. Those years are so important in the next future of the child. And then you will have the authority season that goes from 3 to 12, where you as a parent establish the foundation of obedience through intentional and purposeful training and instruction. This is the critical age where you teach your child the Word of God, the things that the autonomy says. As the children grow older, they spend increasing amounts of time with other peers in school and games with other children. So it's there that you will experience more and more the possibility to teach them. In this season, parents are building a framework of right and wrong for the child. Honey, this is wrong, this is right. This is the years of authority. And they are very important. Then there are mentoring season. Where from 13 to 18. I believe that is a unique time of stretching the need to grow in relationship and responsibilities. While maintaining an anchor of willingness to still receive counseling from others. Those are the terrible things. That are not so terrible. Because I believe that will give you an opportunity for you to teach. And... In this season, and I want to stop a little bit here because I believe that it's very critical. Parents need to understand the difference between preferences and absolute morality or absolutes. Preference is something that can be right or good according to the desire that we have. If your son decided to go with uh, pants that maybe are not all perfect, but they prefer some holes 
or something different is a preference. But if they trespass an absolute that is given the word of God, like the Ten Commandments, don't steal. That's not something that you will love to negotiate. If your son lies, that's not negotiable. And you need to correct. What I'm trying to say is that we must choose the battles. If you battle for the absolutes, you build character and godliness in the person. And then eventually preferences will change also, based on the absolutes. But if you battle the preference without standing on the absolutes, the preference will be over and over far from what you think is right. I don't know if I express well myself. So we must choose the battle and choose the battle for the absolutes and not for the preferences. And we easily forget that we fought also our parents because we love to do something that was not their preferences. Right? I'm the only one here. But I thank God for parents that are standing for absolutes. And between 13 and 18, if you prefer even 20, there is a battlefield there between preferences and absolutes. As a parent, please stand for the absolutes. Do not negotiate absolutes that the word of God is giving us. You may negotiate preferences. And then, and I love that because I'm enjoying right now in this age. This is the friendship season. Where your children are becoming your friends. You are reaping what you have been sowing all these years. And you treat your son and your daughter as a peer almost. You understand that they have their own life. You know, we read that children are to honor their parents and parents have to avoid to provoke their children. But I believe it, that when children become mature enough to live their own life, the word of God says clearly in Ezekiel that the son will not bear the fault of the parent and the parent will not bear the fault of their sons and their children. So we must understand that there is a point where they need to take responsibility for their own action and move on with this. That's part of the life. And what is your role? Your role is to advise them. To give you advice, but son, daughter, this is your life. I will respect your decision. And more you do that, there is a, like a symbiosis that will come with it. You receive and give, give and receive. And it's enjoyable because you discern that God blesses you with a person that you help it to shape with your godly life, with your example. Or can maybe there be a, a trouble because you realize that you fell in your parenthood. But believe me, there is always time to recover in that. And this will bring me to close this sermon with some application. Parents need to honor God by parenting with coherence. Let's make sure that our walk matches our talks. Right? Let's be coherent with that. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we should uh, seek to model Christ in our lives. 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Of being my imitator as I'm imitator of Christ. So let's be coherent. And then make your joy in Christ visible to your children. The children need to know that the life in Christ is an enjoyable one. There is excitement in serving God. There is a joy that goes deeper in your soul, in your spirit, that transcends the situations and circumstances that you are facing. There is goodness in serving the Lord. Your children need to know that being a child of God is the most enjoyable experience that a human being can have and can experience in their lives. The blessedness of the joy should instill a sense of purpose and urgency in our children to become Christians. When they see that you have the joy of the Lord. John in the third epistle verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. When your child follows God's ways, celebrate with them. And then, and I'm going back to what I was saying before. Let us believe God's promises for our children. Even if we fail in being good parents because we were not Christian at that time. We have the promises of God and you should believe that the trend can be changed again. You can reverse that trend. You can stand on the gap for your children. You can pray for their salvation. You can pray that the image that they had to, about you will be seen differently now because Christ lives in your heart. You can still pray for your prodigal sons. You can rely on God's promises. I love what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 17. <coughs> it's Peter that quotes this passage from Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And listen here. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dreams dreams. So let's pray that our children will be godly. Let's pray that the time that we had with them will produce a very strong fruit for God's glory. Let's fight our battle with our enemy that will try to steal what we plant in their hearts. And let me tell you, parents, we can do that. It's a, a long life endeavor, but results will come. Because God never fails. Amen?